Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. You're listening to KCAA, your good neighbor along the way. This episode of the House of Mystery is brought to you by Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. LegacyFoodStorage.com Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts Eric Shapiro David North Martino John Copenhaver and Al Warren Good on FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Well, welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren. Today, joining me on the co-host duty, we've got Mr. Eric Shapiro, the doctor. How are you doing, Al? I'm doing okay. Been been real busy, of course, as usual, but uh, it's how it goes. It's that time of the year, Christmas rush. Writing like crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's actually it's good. Good keeps oh, me good. keeps my mind focused somewhat. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. If, if when I'm writing, I feel nice and agitated and busy, and when I'm not writing, I'm staring into the abyss. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I can't do that for very long. I have to go back to writing, so it's a, it's a little bit more than I want it to uh, at this time. It's sort of uh, everything got kind of you know edit sort of stuff but uh oh, you're, cr- you're crunching a bit yeah but it's all good it's all good oh good excellent excellent so um let's see here oh i have to ask did you dress up for halloween <laughs> i did you know i was um i was less creative than i've been in recent years i got away with this this year with just a wolf mask and like nothing else <laughs> just black clothing so that was it i was very lazy whereas in recent years my friends get very excited i dress up like a woman and everybody's delighted, and I love doing it, and it's a blast. But, you know, what started happening is I realized as years have gone on, I can't just be a woman generically because it becomes politically a bit problematic. Like, it's just like, you know, if you're just a woman, it's like, well, what statement are you making? So last year I was a witch, uh, but it's hard. This year I, I was going to a couple parties, and I 
don't want to be like a witch with a dress and a hat and a broom and have to drive around like that. So I just, uh, I just was a wolf man. Well, <laughs> well, there you go. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's exciting. I mean, yeah, wow. yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Yeah. My, my kids who are 10 and seven, both for the first time in their lives, uh, were scary. Like they were both monsters, which, which I flipped out. I was so excited. You know, they didn't want anything like that before. They were more like cutesy costumes in the past, like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. This time they were like bloody, you know, demented psychopaths. So it was yeah. everybody was very happy. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you lock the door when you're in the shower. Right. <laughs> How about yourself? Do you you don't strike me as the type to dress up, but did you? No. Or do they even do it in Canada? What's going on? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just turn on TV and watch the U.S. Oh, no, okay, got it. We uh, no, actually they do, but I I they don't. Do. I haven't dressed up since 1984 when I, oh wow uh, they made me up like Boy George. Oh, there you go. That's perfectly timely, and yeah, that would actually incidentally be perfectly timely right at this moment, also. Yeah, no, it worked. It it, it worked. I won best costume at two different places. Oh wow! So that's good. You went out while you were big. You went out on top. Yeah, I and and then, like, uh, I don't have to dress up again. I won a prize. Yeah, that's it. I quit after that. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Walk away from the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now today we've got an interesting guest. We got a, uh, she's new to the show, hasn't been on before, and we're going to talk about her writing and uh, a book that just came out, I guess, was back in February. It's called Hide in Place, and it's a novel. We're going to talk about that and what's coming out after, which is next February. So, um, Amelia Neymar, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Wow, uh, Amelia. So did you dress up at um, Halloween? Or? So I uh, I dressed up in my mind. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a very, very good costume. But, uh, but um, yeah, but in, in real life, I just kind of sat and handed out candy. Okay. Until, until I got attacked by a bunch of four-year-olds who took <laughs> well, I candy. Well, I feel better. I thought I, I didn't exert myself. But if you, you were just in your mind, then I feel like I worked really hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric, actually, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, were, you were you a lady wolf man? You know, that's <laughs> open to interpretation. You know, what's interesting is what really becomes exciting for all parties involved is in the in the lady years is the tights. You know, they, like that can really uh, lift the vibration of the whole situation. So I did go for the tights at one event. I did. Yes, I technically, I guess, I was a lady wolf, or I, I was at least an effeminate wolf. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Good question. Good question. Well, but but more importantly, impressingly, what were you in your mind? Oh, what what was I in my mind? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I was, I was menopause. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I love. Uh, <laughs> you know, we went to a party. My friend Florencia Manaville. She was actually on this show because she's a filmmaker. We went to her party, and she was fake. Uh, which is really cool. We <laughs> were talking about how much I love people that dress up as concepts. So that's yeah. Yeah. Well, well, mine mine was actually very good in my mind because okay. I I, <laughs> ma- I made it out of paper mache. Oh wow! And it was it was this this woman's head that was all like painted red and shiny, and she had claws <laughs> and my shoulders, <laughs> and she was like sitting on top of me like a gargoyle, and I walked around with her. But then I thought, you know, I. Much like Eric, I would have trouble sitting in the car with that. Oh, that's pretty involved. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's involved on every level. I mean, you have to go to the paper mache store in your mind and then, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did all that in my mind. Wow. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's the way to do it. Uh, I, I could see Eric driving in a car with a, a witch outfit on. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, just, yeah, anything's possible. It's just that hat. That hat goes up so high. You Instantly, yeah. I have an OCD attack. And, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. You, know, you could end up in trouble. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you know I try and stay out of trouble. Yeah, it depends, yeah, yeah. right. Depends yeah. what neighborhood you're in, right? You right. know, right? Oh. So, so, Emilia, so, so let's talk about your writing. How did you get involved in in writing? Um, right, so that's that's a great question because I didn't start out as a writer. Um, I started out, you know, when I was like eight years old, I decided that I was going to be an artist. And I went to art school and I wasn't, artist and then I became a digital artist and then I started coding. So at a, at a certain point in my life, I kind of realized that I, I kind of veered away from the, where I started out, which was wanting to be a creative person because although design is creative and coding actually can be very creative, it still is not quite the same. So, um, I just, I thought, let me try another impractical, you know, future and I'll try to be an a writer. I'm going to, you know, I don't know anything about writing other than being a reader. And I've always been just kind of a, a crazy, voracious reader. So um, I started taking classes. And when I sit, and I, I had to take them online, because at the time, I had a, a small kid and um, a husband who worked all the time, and I worked full time. So like going to actual physical school was not really going to happen. Um, and when I say I didn't know anything about writing, I, I didn't know how to tag dialogue. <laughs> so, but, but in my mind, much like creating great costumes, I knew that I could create a great novel. So after, after some time, I was able to actually produce something that someone liked and I got it published. And, um, so that was, that felt great. <laughs> it took a little while, but I got there. Um, so that's, that's that story. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you have, uh, now if I'm right, you have a pretty interesting history. Um, uh, now you were, you were born in a country that no longer exists. Like what, what do you mean by that? Oh yeah. So, um, I was born in the Soviet Union, which does not exist anymore. Um, and, uh, I actually, when I, when we immigrated, it was still the Soviet Union and it was actually still the Soviet Union for a long time after I was already living in, in America. Um, but one of the things that that actually gave me was a, a certain idea of what it means to be Russian, um, which is in everything I write and what I really, and I only just realized this maybe like a week ago, and I, I realized that what it means to me to be Russian is that you have, it's, it actually, the culture lends itself very well to being a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, before you go on, I am Russian. I've never been there, but all four of my grandparents were Russian. So oh. this is fascinating. And I actually was just reading in the past couple of weeks about what it means to be Russian. So please keep going. I'm, I'm so curious about the criminal thing. Well, what's even more interesting is your last name is Shapiro. Yes. So, so is my my great 
grand my grandmother's maiden name was Shapiro. Wow. Okay, so that means we're like distant cousins because there's only probably. there's only so many Shapiros. <laughs> I mean, it's a small pool, so we're probably yeah. like twelve cousins or something. That's awesome. Probably, yeah. maybe closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but so so I end I end up putting all these like Russian criminals into my my novels because um, it it so the while it was the Soviet Union, there was this mentality that, you know, you, the, you know, the authority is very strong, you know, everything is, is the government, you know, you don't work for any kind of private enterprise, everybody works for the government, if you're a doctor, you work for the government, if you're a publisher, a, you know, a writer, whatever you are, you work for the government. So there's this attitude that, you know, the government is everything, authority is everything, and at the same time, there's this understanding that everything is corrupt. Mm-hmm. So basically, 100% of authority is also corrupt. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of on your own. So on the one hand, you depend on the government and the authority. But on the other hand, you know, you really have to depend on yourself. So there's a very much of a, like a do-it-yourself kind of attitude, rely on yourself. And that, something about that, and also knowing that, things are going to be things can go really badly really quickly and that's just kind of part of the mentality and that just lends itself really well to somehow saying well you know to being being a criminal because you know it's like everything about it just kind of lends itself to that so in my first novel I, I um I have the Russian mob in there and the sequel, I just couldn't get away from the Russians. They, they're in there as well, although they're like a little less organized. It's hard to get away from the Russians. Once you're in, that's it. Yeah, it's true. I can't get away. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how old were you when you left the Soviet Union? So I was, I was, I was a child. I was eight. Oh, but you still have some me. memories of it. I have memories, and yeah. I've been back, and I still have oh, family no. there. Um, and at the time you could, I'm not even sure if you can now, I think you can now, but at the time you didn't, you basically became a refugee. So, and you didn't know where you were going to end up. So most, a lot of people were in this kind of stateless place where they, and it was in Italy. So a lot of people ended up living in Italy for a while until some country would give them basically a a visa to come in and start living there. So we could have ended up anywhere. Um, and we ended up in uh, New York, which was like, the, I think, the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, New York is the best. Oh, wait, wait. So in your, in your story, in your novel, in the first one, are the Russians yeah. the bad guys, quote unquote? Or are you identifying with the criminal mentality? Tell us about the story. So the story is actually about um, my protagonist is, is an American. She's an American a woman, and she is uh, an undercover detective who works for the NYPD. Mm-hmm. And one of the cases that she works is a racketeering case against the Russian mob. And she's under, she works undercover, so she she has to come up with a persona that, like, she can't, obviously she can't pretend to be Russian, so she pretends to be, you know, just a, a drug dealer who wants to, you know, whatever it is that she decides she, she comes up, comes up with her own kind of hook. Um, 
but she has to work within that culture and she has to kind of figure out what how to get them to trust her uh, and that's part that's part of the story um and there's the story kind of happens in two timelines there's like the before timeline and the after timeline and in the after timeline which is happens in real time um her teenage son goes missing so one of the hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus things that you know she kind of has to consider is that did her past catch up with her somehow or or is her son just like <laughs> you know a really difficult teenager mm. uh, so like well, the nature nurture sort of thing yeah, yeah yeah so there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on there um but i had the i had a tremendous of fun writing about the russian mob because i don't think it's possible to write about the russian mob and not have fun with wow. it. tell us more about that why yeah. is it so much fun because they're crazy because like they <laughs> said they, they will do just they will do anything just even doing the research was a lot of fun um so one of kind of one of my favorite stories about um like a Russian mobster, there was this one, he's, he's still alive, um, but his nickname was Tarzan. And he, much much like me and my family, he moved to, um, to the United States in the early 80s. And uh, he settled in Brighton Beach. And very early on, he started kind of being an enforcer for, um, I think, the Columbus, now maybe they, the Italian gangs. He started being an enforcer for somebody for somebody, and then he kind of realized that he could sort of do it himself. And one thing led to another, and at some point after the collapse of the Soviet Union, he was able to almost broker a deal to buy a, a military submarine <laughs> from from the ex-Russian Navy and sell it to the Colombians so that they could transfer cocaine <laughs> underwater, which is like everything about this is just so awesome. Because not only is it that here is this gangster who, who like left, you know, the Soviet Union, became very American and then realized that he could be a gangster but then you have like the military people in what became Russia who were also for all intents and purposes are gangsters in their own right because they were like, well, here's these submarines. They're not doing anybody any good. <laughs> we could sell them for, I mean, I just love that concept. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. The whole thing about criminality and the appeal of it, I've always felt that there's a real, um, overlap between uh being a criminal and being creative or being a criminal and being an artist like uh because it is like kind of like you're getting away with something um and i always feel like when i'm talking to al here you know he could say anything at any time so there's danger 
it's like, you know, this guy, this guy's a criminal in his own right. Like he, you know, he's over the line. So it's, uh, I think there is those personality types kind of are, are, are next door to each other. Well, there you go. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm criminally insane. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoy it. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know any different because that's who I am. I I, yeah. I wonder now if you um. Do, so when you talk about these characters, these the the Russian mob characters and stuff, where where do you draw that from for you personally? So, <laughs> like the characters um, themselves. Yeah, the characters themselves. I mean, I feel like I knew so many people who were like you said, like next door to being criminal. Not quite, but there's a, there's a very specific like machismo-laden attitude that, you know, Russian men have that it was just so, so easy. It was at my fingertips and I could just make, make these guys that way, you know. Um, I could just hear them. And that part of it was very interesting to write because, you know, they're actually, they're not the heroes of the story. The hero of the story is my female cop. And so she has to figure out how to be a woman within the police department. But then she also has to figure out how to be a woman within this environment where she's going on the cover, where she has to act a certain way and she can't, she can't have a you know, a chip on her shoulder. She can't be, you know, the way she is in the police department where she's like, I can be anything you can be. I can do anything you can do. She can't be like that mm-hmm. when she's undercover. She has to kind of fit with what these guys' expectations wow. are. Yeah. You know, so that to me was actually very interesting. That is very interesting. So she has to sort of um, uh, acculturate to the, and she has to, to be yeah. uh, more submissive. She has to be a little more submissive. She has to be sexier than she oh, would be. <laughs> than she would be. In that's her really movie. good. That, that sounds like it would be a good movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. From your look at God's ears, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, are there scenes where it's like Reservoir Dogs, like she's undercover and the her heart's beating fast and she's worried they're going to catch on? Is it that sort of storytelling? Some of it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because she has to. Um, Because actually one of the reasons I chose to write this, to me, this kind of like the crime or one of the crimes is that um, I'm married to somebody who was an undercover NYPD detective. Oh, wow. And he he worked racketeering cases. And so he gave me so many stories. And at, at some point that, at some point, we always used to talk, oh, you know, he's going to write, you know, down his memoirs. But he he's not a writer. So then I thought, okay, I'll write his memoirs. But that just, like, never happened. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take his stories, <laughs> and I'm going to make him a lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna, that seems to be the theme of, t- of this right, conversation. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, um, and so a lot of kind of... A lot of what happens to my character and a lot of the reason why I even knew what needs to happen is because of what I knew my husband had to go through. 
Wow, that's got to be very <laughs> stressful. Does he still carry the stress from having done that, or it was more something he was able to, to deal with? Well, for him, it was actually very, very fun. He really oh, enjoyed it. Oh and, I, and I have to say, I've met, I've met other, other partners that he's worked with and a couple of women that he worked with who were also undercover. And every one of them, when they talk about going undercover, it's like their faces light up. Wow. So it was like acting. It was like play acting. acting exactly. And um, so, so that's exactly, so, you know, how we talked about being criminal, you kind of have to be creative. Well, be, to be an undercover, you absolutely have to be creative because mm. you have to create a persona. You have to dress differently that you norm, than you normally dress. You have to talk differently from how you normally talk. Um, and it can be a lot of fun. Wow. How do you think you would be if you had to be un undercover? Do you think you would be more anxious or can you relate to the fun component of these, uh, of your husband and, uh, and his colleagues? Oh, you know what? I never even thought of that. I think I would, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I could, I would have a heart attack. Like I would be in an ambulance. Like Al, would you be able to do that Al? A whole persona. And if somebody looked at me wrong, I would go under. No, I could do it, but I, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm far too old, you know, Oh, uh, you're at this point, yeah. But do you think you temperamentally you were you, you could have done it? Oh, easy, because I'm in the in that little I have that little spectrum fog, and I can okay. easily uh, if people don't know if I'm serious or not. And that's right, something. you keep your blood pressure low and all that. Stuff. Yeah, and that's something I've always had without trying. So um, I've learned to play with it and use it as a um, strength in a sense. Yeah, it's like the, uh, your dead man strength. Yeah. Sort of like, yeah, just the yeah. administer, like, yeah, just say things nonchalantly. Yeah, it's one of the few things I've got. <laughs> so you got to make it. Look at us down. It's paying off for you. It's big. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, it takes a long time, but, you know, I'm kind of old. And, um, but, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah, so it's good. But I was thinking this would be a perfect character for you for next Halloween. The uh, which, which one of my <laughs> The Russian woman mobster. Right, right. Well, <laughs> think about it. Well, you know what? The, the funny thing is, to dress, wait, for Eric? For Eric yeah. to dress up as for a Russian woman? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because he could, he could do it. You know, he just has to get the accent down a little bit. Yeah, it's That's true, because I am. I'm, I look very Russian. My uh, my eyebrows are thick. It's true, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take it under consideration. I can see yeah. you know, smoke the cigarettes, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, and a woman, you see, because you were saying a woman, so this is a Yeah, I don't want to be a generic woman, right? right. Yeah. You have a no, you have to wear you have to wear leather. Right, leather, leather gloves, Your right? Leather, you have to have um, red hair. Right, oh, this is good, okay. I, <laughs> I think you guys talked me into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amelia has to be my consultant, though, because I have to get all the details. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, you walk around with like a bottle of vodka. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> perfect. Okay. Yeah, that is perfect, yeah. Are you prepared? Legacy food storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. Go now to LegacyFoodStorage.com. Use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off. Quick, go.
Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. What? Stay back. I've got mace. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to the show. Coming? Yeah, so book two is coming us? next February, and it's called Behind the Lie, okay. and it okay. continues, you know, continues okay. with my um, with my lady, who you know, and she's undercover again. So, um, she's not undercover in the in the next one, okay. but um, so when you in the first one, the first thing you find out about her is that she she quits the NYPD. In the aftermath of that racketeering case, she quits and she moves up into the uh, the Hudson Valley of New York State. Um, and after, you know, and she kind of like manages this kind of half life, kind of trying to come back to herself after the stuff that happened to her. And that's when her son disappears. So that kind of starts off the first one. And by the time you get to the second novel, um, she's a little more comfortable in where she lives, in the neighborhood where she lives. And it's a very friendly neighborhood. And um, it starts with this humongous block party. Uh, and uh, and then things go downhill from there. <laughs> wow. Because, of course, <laughs> there's two of us are you feeling? <laughs> are you feeling the potential for a series? Like it could go go beyond book two. Like this character oh, is with love, you, and 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a, an extremely, extremely strong idea for the third in the series, but um, again, I'm, that's that's something that is not is not has not been. Um, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I don't. I have to. I have to convince. <laughs> I have to convince other people that that it's a good idea too. So that's that's still in the works. Right. It, you have to convince other people. I'm sure it's tied up in the commerciality of the second one. Is that accurate? Like, how um, I'm performance? I'm assuming. So I'm still very new to the business of all of this and i and i don't really <laughs> basically any almost everything that happens to me is a big big surprise <laughs> story of my life <laughs> so that's good that's good because it's like it's there's an innocence to that it's like oh this is such an adventure so you're not you're not cynical it's all yeah and, and it, that, what you just said just reminded me um when i was still on submission for the first book i met um this guy who i think he was like a super editor and i'm sorry i can't remember exactly uh, you know what he you know i'm not gonna say his name but he he said oh you're on submission for your first book i said yes he's like that's good nothing bad has happened to you yet right yeah 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 enjoy it enjoy it i mean not to say <laughs> not to say necessarily anything bad will i mean it's still uh because I've been in it for uh, over 20 years, and it still gets very, very exciting. I mean, uh, there's still a lot of positivity, but then I, I do think there are those experiences that lead a little more to cynicism or, you know, keeping your guard up. So it's good. It's good you're in that place where it's um, it still has that freshness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think your relationship is with your main character? How do you feel about her? I, I mean, I, she, I feel like she's a real person. I feel like she like lives next door to me or something. Like I, I, I have kind of, I don't know. Like I almost have conversations with her. She, she's incredibly real. She's not me, um, because she's actually like very different from how I am in in many many ways. Um, but, but she's she's a mother, so I am as well. So we have that in common. Um, and she's a mother of a teenage boy, which I am as well. Um, and she lives up in the Hudson Valley, which I do. So, so I think that's, and she's female. So we have those things in common. But um, it, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think she's like this weird person and I like her. She's, she doesn't behave in, in the expected ways. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's funny because sometimes I'll read 
I'll read a review that somebody wrote and and every once in a while somebody will say I I think that these are very quirky characters I'm like oh yeah but that's kind of cool yeah yeah it sounds like and it sounds like how you were describing how she is uh undercover and so forth and just you know changing her behavior and the dissonance the uh contrast between how she is and how she has to be that's a definitely a level of sophistication that's not always found in genre writing but it makes genre right. writing really good um and are you writing her in the first person no but i write very okay. close third oh, okay close third yeah yeah so it's sort of like you're you're breaking like you're almost inside her head yes i find i find that when i do when i do write in first person it's I don't know. Maybe I'm just not good enough <laughs> because I end up I end up be, like being too much about me. Whereas when it's when it's close third person, it's it's very very easy for me to not for it not to be me. Oh, you can keep some distance. That's interesting. Yeah, because I'm often in the first person, and it usually is the characters like a version of me. Like it could be my brother and my cousin. So I absolutely understand that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and that's very much like the Hunter S. Thompson thing. Like even if he had a different name. It was always him. You know, it was a persona. So right. that's good. It's good to sort of take a step back. It gives you the perspective to make her her own person. A little bit, yeah. And the the second one is her 13-year-old son. So I write... And how old is... You said you have a son who's around the same age? Uh, so books take a lot longer than human beings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first started writing it they were about the same age and now of course my son is a bit older <laughs> than, than the characters yeah oh god okay good. but he's still a teenager he's still a teenager yeah. and the guy and as of book two the fictional son is 13 as of book two he gets to be 15 oh got it got it got it is he um sorry if i'm not tracking so in book one he's there as a 13 yeah, yeah. Okay, and, but it's not. But it's in his point of view more in book two. So in book one, in book one is the point of view is is him and and her. So oh, got it. Okay, yeah. okay. And by the time I get to the second book, I kind of turn away a little bit and and deal with like I, I introduce a couple more characters. Oh, I see. Okay, so so you're doing in book one, you're doing cross cutting between their two worlds yes. to an extent. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you write each section on its own chronologically, or you actually wrote and cross-cut while you were writing? Um, I wrote them chronologically, and I wrote them trying to think of which which point of view would make that, you know, that part of the story the most, you know, effective. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So you you wrote each one individually, and then you shuffled the deck. No, I, I kind of I kind of wrote them to to an outline. So I kind okay. of like started at the beginning and went to the end. But I think I might have kind of rearranged things at some point. Oh, <laughs> I understand. Okay. Because I definitely, when I first finished the first first draft, it was so light. It was only fifty thousand words, and I was like, okay, I can't. I got it. <laughs> so that's when, like, more of the shuffling came in and filling out, and then it became a novel. Oh, I understand. So what was the ultimate word count? I think 78,000. So it's, wow. not, it's, not a, it's not a big – it's a quick read, for sure. Wow, that's for – no, for me, that's long. I've written mostly novellas. I mean, I look at people like you and Al, and you're like uh, 
you have the endurance. You're like marathon runners. Like uh, even 50,000 for me is a push, but 70,000 sounds very, very full. Um, it was, it was, at first it was kind of scary because I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure like how, you know, what was going to happen, but it actually really, what it was, was putting in a lot of those, putting in a lot of those little details and stories and, you know, the buying, buying drugs and all that. So. How do you get into your character? Do you actually put on the leather and the red wig and, and go out and buy drugs and do stuff? Like, do you just, are you, like, is there something you have to do to put yourself in that frame of mind? Well, um, I have to, I'm, you know, those are really good ideas. <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should do that. No, I end, up, I end up doing a lot of, like, mental throat clearing before I, before actually I start writing, but once once that's out of the way, I, I get into the zone and I get into their minds. I can and I can write as them. Um, the, is, I, the, yeah. is the throat clearing on a daily basis? Like every time when you sit down to write, you sort of have to go in that zone, or is it more per project? Like there's a period of mental preparation, and you're just ready to live inside it for a few weeks. Well, it's unfortunately. For me, it's both. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. Oh, yeah. So every day when I sit down to write, that that throat clearing can like be brutal. But eventually, like I do get into this home. Yeah, that is the hardest part. Sitting down every day. It's like I don't think people understand. Like even if you've written for years daily, like I think any given day, it's like you're like you you really are with that blank page. You're facing something kind of daunting. And I I wish there was. You know, lately I found that I have to, I have to be very strict with myself. And what I started doing is I started taking my my phone and putting a timer on it so I can visually see it. And I just turn on the timer and I tell myself that while that timer is going, I'm not allowed to do anything other than write the scene. Mm. So I can't, I can't check mail. I can't answer the phone. I can't. Mm. I can't, you know, listen to music. I can't do anything. It has to be just that. And and for as long as that timer goes, I do it. And and that actually has been really helpful. Which is how how long do you set the how long do you set the timer for? What's the window? Twenty five minutes. Oh, and then, and then you just write like mad. And then I write like mad. And then I give my and then I set it again for ten minutes. And those ten minutes, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 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 so meaning external to writing, not within yeah. the writing. You just exactly. party around the house. Exactly. And then uh, yeah, yeah. What's interesting is something I do for suspense. I haven't done it in a while. I don't know if I, uh, I'm getting too old for it. I would uh, drink a cup of water. Then I would inevitably have to, you know, I drink like a tall glass of water. I'd inevitably have to empty my bladder, but I wouldn't allow myself to until the scene was done, which was like, if I have to write something very, very suspenseful, that really works. So oh. it's almost the same concept it's like you are pinned what i'm describing is more masochistic but you are pinned to this spot until you get this done that's it oh my god I, that is i'm afraid to try that yeah yeah I, I don't recommend it as a matter of fact as it came out of my mouth i'm like i really am a lunatic but yeah it's uh, that's what you reminded me of i mean the timer yeah. is a more mature a more mature approach
Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Except the, yeah. the reason why it exists is because of a, of a great level of immaturity. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to take one with the other. But wait, yeah. so what do you do during the 10 minutes when you get your, so that's like your reward is the 10 yes. minutes. What do you do? You dance around? I, well, anything, I'll check my mail, go on Facebook, oh, nice. like, you know, whatever, get up, get a cookie, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then at 25 minutes, begin again. Oh, very good. She really has her husband tied up and hanging right. from a, from a rope. Right, right. <laughs> and she better right, finish right. that, or in the yeah. And the ten minutes, she gives him water. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's right, right. It's less, it's less about the writing process. That's interesting. That's where that's where your mind went. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, Russian, you know, I was just thinking, you know, gangsters, you know. You're really where you know, you could see her. She's sitting there, and she's got her red leather on and her wig and whatever else is going on. And the husband's up there tied, you know, from his feet, you know. Right, right. And she's typing away. And and as he's screaming, that's perfect, you know, to take. It's great atmosphere. Great atmosphere, yeah. It's like mood music. Yeah. Uh, okay well i'm gonna have to ask him uh, i'm gonna have to tell him that that's what i'm if he really supports me as a, as a yeah as an ex-cop you know he does yeah, he probably has uh, he'll have some ideas for escaping so he should be open to it yeah that's right, that's yeah <laughs> um so okay i'm reading i'm right now i'm on goodreads reading the reviews so it seems like the thrust of book one is her son is missing, which I don't think you mentioned, and she's searching for him. So is that the centrifugal plot device of the first book? That is that is of the first book. Um, and uh, it, like I said, so when he goes missing, she then has to kind of try to, you know, because he is, he's troubled and he's gone missing before. And you find okay. that out, you find that out in the very first page basically so and, he wasn't necessarily kidnapped yeah they don't like it they don't know they don't know and um and she has to she has to take it upon herself because ultimately she knows more about him and about what might have happened than the local detectives do and she's also not really at liberty to expose the things that she knows, so so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that leaves her very much alone and on her own that she has to kind of handle. Um, God, is she single in the book or is she married? So she's she's divorced when the okay. she's divorced, and then part part of the. The before timeline, uh, she's, she was married in the before timeline. Um, and again, that's something that's pretty much revealed in the first chapter. Okay. So. I'm, I'm reading one review right now that says, Hide in place is a tightly coiled spring, ready to pop into the reader's consciousness and grab hold. So is, your, is that your impulse? Is that your guiding motive is to create that suspense that doesn't let up? That is that is my motive. I think I think ultimately what I want to do is write write is write like the perfect escapist read. I I don't I don't know if I necessarily that is my goal. That is my goal. But it, I guess it depends on what 
people want to escape into. <laughs> is that is that your favorite thing to read as a reader also? Yeah, I mean, but I read very, very widely. I have, I have very, very, very eclectic reading tastes. So, but yeah, I think, I think being inside the head or an experience that I wouldn't normally have is, is great. I mean, that's what I, that's why I read. Where do you see yourself going with this now? Uh, whether you do another, um, continue on with the series or do something else what do you what do you see yourself doing well i mean i would love to continue writing writing um crime i really really it, it's sweet i i love writing crime because i i love the the why of it i i love figuring out what makes people become criminals or commit a crime that that is really really interesting to me um and and the ramifications and the attitude that you know why why do people have this attitude that they can commit a crime that they won't get caught how does it make them feel when they commit the crime like all of that is very very interesting and um the suspense and the figuring out who did it why they why they did it all of that is like i'm really really into that what i'm finding though is that it makes my head go into dark dark places so i actually don't know how long i'll be able to continue writing extremely dark things but for now that is very much what i'm interested in and i would love to just continue doing it um and even when i write short stories i, I write about crime <laughs> basically yeah. Hmm. Where do you get your influences from? Like, do, do other writers, or is it just um, where does that come from? So, so definitely other writers. Um, the, my my base, my go to my, my go to writer right now is Tana French. I I think she's just great. I mean, I I really love the way that she writes, and and really, I mean, Stephen King. Yeah, he's he's a, a, a huge, huge, huge influence in every way. Um, and then, as far as the crime element, I I subscribe to a few different sort of crime newsletters for like whatever goes on, and that that is actually really inspiring <laughs> because. Sometimes the things you read about that people do, you just kind of gotta wonder, like, where did they even come up with the idea? And then how did it? How did they manage to do it? So all of that, all of that put together, goes into my head. And I also, I, I like writing about things that that happen in the area where I live, which, you know, I live in a small town. I mean, yesterday we had elections, and I personally knew two people who were running that's how you know you live in a small town and um but there's there's all kinds of stuff that happens even here and i i just i can't wait till i kind of get my hands on a whole lot of it and write more about it so that's that's what i'd like to keep doing nice that's also that's very uh stephen king also because it's that sort of small town intrigue and politics and history and the dramas yeah. that go on so yeah, I could see that you doing that really well based on the way you describe your writing. Ah, oh, well, thank 
Um, yeah, and it's it's a hugely historical area where I live, so that that kind of adds into it as well. Um, nice, yeah, that could be really fun to to dig into and yeah, create parallels to the real history or drawing inspiration from it. That and also there's there's people who are really really obsessed with history and what happens when you become obsessed with history and <laughs> you can't and maybe there's something that you want and you can't have i mean there's there's a whole ton of stuff that, mm. that can be mined so now do you have a website or how do you do, do you like to interact with uh readers of yours or fans or anything like that um how do people um find you uh so i do have a website and it's uh emilianamark.com slash author although if you just go to emilianamark.com you'll see my my uh kind of design coding site and there's a link right on the home page to go to the author site um and i'm still kind of working out how to how to have these two identities you know interact together on online but um, i also have um a very active facebook presence and i'm on instagram um those are the big places and I whenever they're you know I'm part of um Mystery Writers of America, ITW, Sisters in Crime. So I'm I participate in a lot of whenever there's something going on that I can participate in, I participate in it. Um now so when you were when you were writing at, at like the new one coming out um over the pandemic and stuff, does it sort of affect you um able to sit down and write like does your timer do you can you do that 20 minutes or yeah so i think i I somehow i was able to write that that was not so much an issue i think what ended up being what happening was that i ended up i i had a hard time making bad things happen to my characters because it's hard to go someplace very dark in your mind when when the world seems to be kind of burning, which is what was happening while I was writing it. Um, and it's one of those things like, right, like writing is kind of this like weird, spooky thing that happens in your head. So I'm sure when I read it back in a year, I'll see a lot more of where, of how the pandemic influenced me than I am probably aware of right now. Hmm. Yeah. So you didn't beat your husband as badly. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a real pleasure. Um, I'm glad you took the time to come on and, and talk about your writing and, and your books. Now you've got uh, uh, one of this series of Hide in Place that came out in February of this year, and you've got a new, um, let's say, uh, part of the book or series or book two of it coming out next February. Um, so it's a real pleasure having you. Um, yes. so the book work again, we're talking about is hide in hide in place, a novel. What's the, what's the new one going to be called? It's called behind the lie. Oh, interesting. Awesome. Good yeah. names. Yeah. So our guest, Amelia Namark, thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much. This was so great. I loved it. Thank you. Get the latest news and opinions from Eric Shapiro from the House of Mystery website in the Shapiro Report. I was just thinking. Um, okay. You were thinking? Yeah, I know.
Um, <laughs> it's not it's not normal for me. <laughs> but you know, um, actually, I uh, watched a movie on. Uh, okay. Uh, it's on Prime. Okay. Okay. So I haven't. I it, and um, it's called Voyager. Oh, I've seen that. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the, the yeah, because it's it. new. It's twenty twenty one, and it's uh, it's got a big star in it, um, or a fairly big star. What's his name? He's Irish. He's um, he's been in so many movies. Um, Let's look it up. I'm trying to think of his name now, but he's a, he's a he's a he's been around. You'll know him, um, Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been around a lot. He's been in everything. Yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of, you know, been around for 20 years probably now. Um, but um, so he's kind of the main star in it. Um, and the movie's okay. Um, like it, it, it's enough to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the movie, you realize that you've just watched a space version of, um, oh, that real... Jeez, I can't even do that. <laughs> See, I'm just a mess today. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Terrible. But that uh, Lord of the Flies or whatever that. Oh, okay. You know, where they're stuck on the island and then mm-hmm. you have kind of one not very nice asshole kind of kid and you got another one <laughs> and, they, and they're trying to be who's the leader of it, you know, how they all fight. It's the same yep. sort of thing because basically Colin Farrell's doesn't make it over years. After 10 years, he dies. He's taking a group of kids up there, and they're they're on their way to a new planet. It's yeah. going to take him eighty six years, so he's supposed to be their guiding parent, sort of. And as they grow up, they'll have kids. They'll have kids that'll make it to the planet, because of course Earth is doomed, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, so then of course they have the same sort of Lord of the Fly battles over uh, who's supposed to be the the leader when he dies. Yep. So it's kind of the yeah. it's kind of at the end of the you know you realize that yeah I think I've just seen that <laughs> you've already seen story. it before and I've seen it's... it in several others not just that's just the most popular one but um, I thought it was interesting but it's 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 a worth seeing movie but you will be kind of you know disappointed in that fact <laughs> that and they kind of modernized it a little bit because they're in the future and they're going to uh, this other planet. So of course they made the the real not very nice guy asshole guy into kind of like a Donald Trump guy <laughs> <laughs> because he actually killed their leader, okay, and uh, Colin Farrell, and uh, he made it sound like it was an alien that did it, okay. An alien killed them because they were outside fixing something out in the outside of the ship, and so then he t- was telling everybody, "Well, the aliens really here." We got to fight against them. We got to protect ourselves against them. So he's creating this big fear to get people to follow him. Okay. You know, they same sort of thing. And then meanwhile, their counter person was more of the calm, reserved. Um, no, we don't need to do that. So it was kind of weird. And then, then eventually, they find the film of uh, this 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 asshole guy that killed their old leader, <laughs> and they caught saw it in film, and then. Uh, he made up a story that, oh, he was just because the, the alien had gotten into their leader and that's why he killed them, which isn't true. But it's kind of made it like fake news, you know, <laughs> even though they're watching something, he's saying it's not true. And then all these people were, yeah, it's not true. It was weird <laughs> in that way. So huh. 
Well, there you go. So I say I mean, take it or leave it with some interesting points. But, you know, it was this wasn't great. No, you know, it, it, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Don't, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to go. I mean, it's free. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Well, that's it for Time waster. Yeah, I just, yeah. So I'm just saying take it or leave it. And there we go. We're off for another day. Sounds good. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. 10.50 a.m. Don't forget that number. And for you young people who got here by accidentally fat-fingering your FM band selector, we're an AM radio station, and AM refers to more than just the time of day. How you doing? This is Gary Garver. In today's society, the majority of people are not getting enough sleep. I know I'm not. If you're like me and having problems getting a good night's rest, whether it's health or stress-related, I have a solution for you. South Pacific Sleep Lab. South Pacific Sleep Lab will do an evaluation of your sleep pattern and will provide a comprehensive study so you can start getting a restful, peaceful night of sleep. They take all types of insurance, which will cover your cost of the evaluation, and they will even provide transportation to their offices at no cost to you. For more information, contact Tony at 310-999-1887. That's 310-999-1887. Tony even stays awake all night, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, so you can sleep better and rest easy. South Pacific Sleep Lab, start feeling better and getting a great night of sleep today. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard on KCAA, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. You can order these coffees today by going online to cowboyentrepreneur.shop. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to cowboyentrepreneur.shop to order your coffee today. Psst. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Do you know where you are? Well, you've done it now. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda your CNBC news station. So expect the unexpected. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.